there is no solution that takes that amazing regulation and make it accessible to the average person. So we thought, how can we build a product that would first let you as a user see all the companies that hold your personal data to put you, our users, in the driver's seat and to let them, with the click of a button, exercise their right to be forgotten. And this is what we wanted to solve. And today, I'm excited to say that we are solving with Mine. On today's show, we're talking to Gal Rengel. He's the CEO of Mine, and they're a company that are trying to put control of user data back in your hands as a consumer. This is Tech Talks. My name's David Savage. It's the twice-weekly technology podcast where we interview leaders and bring you a little bit of technology news. Joining me on the show today, I have Alyssa. How are you? I'm good. Only Alyssa. Evie's not here today. No, no, no. exactly. And uh, last week we had Jack on the Friday show, but uh, Jack's got busy work as well. So. Oh, well. Just Sorry. me. Sorry, Just you. guys. I, I think that's fine, though, you know. <laughs> I hope so. You're, you're representing um, Africa. And Harvey Nash. And Harvey Nash. Well, yes. I mean, Harvey Nash is well represented on podcast a lot of the time and me as well i guess you're representing yourself yes mostly um so just very quickly how much data do you think there is out there on alisa album you know what i'm i'm really bad with it i if, if someone asked me to fill in stuff on a website i just give them everything i fill in all the little the little lines the little open things name address anything i just fill it all in so, so especially if they ask me to use their wi-fi they're like please use my wi-fi but you need to Put your email address in you give anything for access I would just give it all away absolutely um, give okay, anything. hold on just just like my personal details not like my clothing or anything <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't think the audience would have necessarily made that leap before you made it for them <laughs> i know just saying um i was going to say that you are a dream client of mine but given your last comment people might wonder what mine actually do <laughs> so i think we should play the interview to clear up that they are an above the board uh, business who've just launched in the UK and hear from their CEO Gal uh, all about how you can take control of your data. Good idea. So on today's show we are talking to Gal Ringel. You are the co-founder and CEO at Mine. You're also a member of the Forbes 30 Under 30. Welcome, welcome to the show Gal. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for uh, having me. You're based in Israel, right? Yes, I'm based in Israel and I'm uh, flying in and out to the UK uh, much often because today I'm excited to say that we are launching mine in the UK after a year in stealth mode. Uh, so I'll be visiting uh, London a lot in the near future and it might be my uh, new home. <laughs> Where, whereabouts actually in Israel are you? I would kind of make the guess that you're in Jerusalem. I might be entirely wrong. So uh, I'm actually in Tel Aviv, uh, okay. which uh, yeah, Tel Aviv is uh, considered to be the startup startup nation uh, city in Tel Aviv. Okay. So uh, yeah. So look, I, look, it'd be interesting to start there and find out how the idea came about because, as I've just shown, I have complete ignorance uh, when, when it comes to Israel and tech, the tech scene in Israel. I do know that there is a burgeoning tech scene in Israel. I do know that you're known as a bit of a hub for cybersecurity, and that's your background. But um, why why do you think that mine is a company that has come out of the particular region that you're based in? And and what what exactly is it and the, that's, that's helped you get to this point? We are three co-founders, which uh, comes from a cybersecurity and a gaming consumer background. Uh, and when we wanted to start mine, we thought, hey, we all understand uh, really good personal data and how valuable it is to people, to us, 
Uh, and then at the end of 2017, we heard about the GDPR that's supposed to come into force the year after. And we started to uh, read about it and we saw that, hey, the GDPR is an amazing privacy regulation. And for the first time in history, it actually defined our personal data as our own asset, um, putting powerful rights in our hands, including the right to be forgotten. But then we started to research to see what other uh, solutions uh, out there in the market. And we saw that there is no solution that takes that amazing regulation and make it accessible to the average person. And we thought we definitely have to do it. So we thought, how can we build a product that would first let you as a user see all the companies that hold your personal data, which is a hard task by itself, but then to put you, our users, in the driver's seat and to let them, with the click of a button, exercise their right to be forgotten from any company. Uh, and actually, we're doing everything automatically and for them. And this is what we wanted to solve. And today, I'm excited to say that we are solving with mine. So sorry, just to, just to jump in, because this is an interesting point. When you say you do everything for them, my understanding so far is that if I wanted to get access to my data from any given company, I contact their DPO or equivalent, and I submit a subject access request. If I sign up to mine, how does that process work? Do you go out on my behalf and contact everyone who's got data on me? Correct. So if you would want to do it yourself, it, it would be highly complex and, and hard for you as a user. And not only that, do you actually know how many companies hold your personal data? <clears throat> Absolutely not. <laughs> so, yeah, so not really. And, 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 and actually, we discovered that the surprising fact is that the average user has 350 companies in his footprint holding his sensitive personal data. And not only that, this number keeps growing by eight new companies a month. So, so sorry, just to jump in, when you say sensitive personal data, what's the difference between personal data and sensitive personal data? It's the same. Sorry, it can be personal identity, financial, health, okay. etc. <clears throat> um, cool. Okay. And and so after you really understand uh, the companies that are uh, holding your personal data. Uh, we then put you in the driver's seat and with the click of a button, you can choose every company that you want to, we call it, reclaim your data from. And what we will do is we automatically send an email to the privacy officer or the data protection officer of the company, putting you in CC with a GDPR request to delete your data. And you would be part of the process and we will uh, be there to make sure the company would uh, complete the request for you. Out of interest, beyond, okay, you've got my data, that's fine, or please delete my data, what can you really do with your data? I mean, what is there beyond those two options? Is there a, is there a middle way that kind of you can go, you know what, I've, you've got my data, but I want you to use it in a certain way? There's not really at the minute, is there? Um, not really, but one of the other rights of the GDPR, and we will integrate that later on within our product, is the right to edit your data. And in a way that, let's say there is a service or an app that you want to keep, that you are using uh, their app every day, but you don't want them to keep specific data about you as part of their service. So basically the GDPR allows you to reach out and actually delete specific, let's call it data points, 
that you don't want them to keep, but still enjoying the service. So going forward, we will want to uh, let our users really decide about specific, specific data that they do want to keep or not, and not just think about it from the whole account perspective. I, I suppose it's an interesting question. When we talk about personal data, it sounds like it is ours that we own. And whilst it is ours, if there are limited options with it and you have to click accept to gain access to a website or a service, it's kind of not like it's not like a commodity that you can really trade in the same way that it, kind of something that has a monetary value because it's almost at the minute like there are barriers put up that if you don't give away data, you can't get access to certain services. So it's kind of not something that you've got wholly under control. Is, is that fair? This is exactly what we want to solve with mine and with our ability to let you see all the companies and actually reclaim your data. We, we actually uh, switch that equation and we let you decide what, com what companies can still keep your data and what companies can't. And the way we do it is that you can go and have fun and use online services and give your data and follow the, the company's terms, right? Uh, when you click, I agree. But then be, uh, now that the GDPR is in place, you can actually take it back whenever you choose. So in that sense, yes, you agree to their terms, you use their services, but then you can always opt out and take your data back. Um, so, so in a sense, this is how we, we change the, we give you the power as a user to, to have a choice. Now, um, I suppose it'd be quite interesting to know why it is that you're launching in the UK. Are you launching in any other countries today? Or is it is is have you launched in other European countries prior to today? Because you mentioned you're in stealth mode, right? Yes. So uh, specifically, the UK would be our main efforts, but we do support all the other 28 companies in uh, countries in the EU. So yep. also uh, France and Germany, for example, which are highly aware of privacy uh, from the consumer perspective. Um, so since we are supporting the GDPR, we basically let the entire European Union countries to enjoy their service. But also what's nice about the GDPR, it um, drove other companies and geographies to comply with similar laws. So basically... Yeah, so, so look, sorry to jump in. This was, this was the obvious elephant in the room. On the 31st of January this year, the UK will cease to be in the EU for whether or not people agree with that or not, it's kind of, it seems to be happening. Now, we therefore kind of GDPR isn't necessarily legislation that will uh, be as strongly in place in the UK. But at the same time, I'm guessing that a lot of UK-based organizations uh, will be uh, giving or, or, or having EU citizens uh, access their services and therefore GDPR still applies. So how, how do you see that legislation and that change working out and has that kind of affected the way that you've approached the UK? Wonderful question. So uh, in the UK, there is the uh, ICO authority, the Information Commissioner Authority. And basically what the ICO did, they took the GDPR leg legislation and actually uh, made it even better uh, and added a few other additional laws on top of it, which is even more strict. And so the ICO decided that it, uh, the GDPR is 
uh, is, uh, is an amazing regulation and wanted to take it and make it even better. So according to our research and discussion that we have made, the Brexit and the fact that the UK might leave the EU wouldn't affect the, the ability for UK citizens to enjoy the GDPR or uh, similar laws. So are all of you, are your whole co-founding team um, Israeli? Yes. Why not just, and forgive me, this might be a really silly question, but why not simply move to the UK and establish the, the business in the UK? Why the year in stealth first uh, in Israel? So currently, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, by the way, this is the plan. So usually when you see Israeli startups, the HQ would be in Israel where we basically, we always leave the R&D center in Israel. And usually all the product, the marketing and sales moved on, moves on to the target country. And so right. this is why uh, the, our first office outside Israel, outside Tel Aviv is going to be in London actually. Uh, and today we are launching uh, in the UK. And actually if everything would go uh, as planned, I'm about to relocate to London and actually open the first office in the UK. So this is the plan. What what do you think um, the kind of the Israeli mentality, Israeli culture, etc., brings to a business, a startup business that maybe the someone starting a business in the UK wouldn't necessarily think of? I think that what's so special about Israel, and this is what uh, Israel is considered to be the startup nation, is that uh, Israeli entrepreneurs are uh, very good in uh, thinking out of the box and uh, solving problems and mainly generate uh, technology. Uh, usually thanks to a lot of technological units in the army, similar to one that I'm uh, coming from. Uh, and I think that um, the Israeli entrepreneurs likes to always think of problems and pains and, and how they can solve it with technology. And I think this is what's so special. And uh, I think in Israel, we have the highest startups per capita in the world. And all the culture and the environment here is very entrepreneurial. And so I think this is what drives the market to generate new mm. startups and new ideas all the time. So look, just a last point then. Um, we're recording this on, uh, what is it? It's Tuesday today. Yes, Tuesday the 21st, forgetting the day of the week already. That's that's a worry two days in. Uh, but but the podcast will most likely go live on Friday of this week. So on that, they'll be on the 24th. If someone is interested in finding out about mine and using the service, now they can. As you said, you launched in the UK. So how would someone go about that? So we wanted to make it very simple for the users. So all the users need to do is to surf to saymine.com and just click sign up and that's it. And with, with two clicks, you can actually connect to our service and enjoy it and start seeing all the companies and start taking ownership and reclaiming and sending a request. So saymine.com, it takes mm -hmm. only two minutes and that's it. Amazing. Well, look, Gal, thank you very much for jumping on the line. I know you were in the UK last week and uh, our diaries didn't quite catch up uh, or match up rather. So it's really great that you could join uh, us on the line today. Um, I hope the launch goes well. I'm sure it will. And maybe we should catch up with you in a few months and see how you're finding life in the UK. Thank you very much for having me for your time. And I really want to add that we as a company 
we truly believe that data ownership is a fundamental human right that must be accessible to everyone. And our job at Mine is to make sure it happens. And so we're super excited to launch Mine today uh, and have a wonderful day. So you're, you're, you're quite annoyed with me for my lack of um, knowledge here. I was. I, I, when, you, when you said, I'm just going to guess, um, girl, you're, you're from Jerusalem, hey? Come on, Dave. The look of disgust on Ali's face. Come on, right. Dave. Everyone can make slight errors of Oh, it's just about research. You know who you're talking to, Dave. <laughs> Moderation podcast host 101. So look, I mean, how do you feel about the fact that on average 350 companies are holding your data and it increases, it increases by 18 companies a month? I can't believe it. You know what, when I, when I was listening to it, I actually wrote the number down and put an exclamation mark next to the number because I was shocked. Now, if that's the average, where do you think you sit on that scale? Are you below or above average? Like I said, I think I'm pretty pretty high up. Pretty high. I, I think I'm... I think I'm well above average on that scale because I just give all my information away but because it's normal you kind of trust it if you're going on into a website allow cookies you know what I mean do you trust it I mean it, you're right it is normal yeah, but do you know. trust it um, I, I think that it's kind no. of like a there is an element of I don't really have a lot of choice here I yeah, need to get on this website sure. which obviously is what we touch on in the, in, the, in, the, in the podcast well exactly that you don't really have a lot of choice so it's not necessarily yes I trust it I think it's more got to do with I want to do that and it, it means I give away my email address or I give away my cell phone number or I give away my address. I mean, I'm going to do it. Mm. So, and I think a lot of people, especially my age group, I think a lot of people just do. I mean, you do that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I don't think I've ever rejected cookies. No, me neither. What happens if you do? I've never even done it for fun. No, I've I like, I like cookies. I'm, I, it's clever that they call them cookies. I mean, why would you want to reject yeah. cookies? No, we're all cookie monsters. Yeah. Um, no. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever said no, Mm-mm. which is a fairly damning indictment of my lack of care around... Your private information. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I think it's these guys' mission. The, the last statement that he says, and I wrote it down here, is that... Um, that that human data or what, what did you say data ownership is the future is some future channel and he said it's a human right of ours mm. but to have ownership of our own data and when he said that he made it so it really hits home because it's kind of like yes you're right that is something of mine that i own and who are all these companies because i can tell you right now i didn't tell 300 companies or 350 companies that they were allowed to have all my data. Do you think that's part of the problem? Because we're so conditioned now to... We're told we need to take it seriously and it's very valuable and it's a human right. But because we are so used to giving it away like it's nothing, Mm. it's very difficult to imagine it being something that's highly valuable. Because we accept everything all the time and we, you know, a screen comes up, do you agree to these user you know t's and c's yes click click just download install the thing get on with it whatever because we're we are consumers on a mass scale that we we just don't value yeah exactly how important it's not maybe it's that we don't maybe it's not that we don't value it but it's it's a it's an easy come easy go commodity yeah maybe we don't realize and remember remember in the thing that you kind of you asked him if there, there was a difference between um personal information or 
highly sensitive information. There were two things I can't remember. He, he talks uh, about he said, sensitive personal but he, information. But he, he, he said, said it was those notes, the same thing. Yeah. But I honestly thought there would be be something else because when I think of personal information, I think of age, my address, um, my cell phone number, that type of stuff. But I mean, uh, the other kind of information that these companies have on you think about it when you go on amazon and you buy a certain type of thing over and over again a certain type of face product they know what kind of face products you like therefore they know how to advertise you so it's all of that kind of information so it's not just your age number where you live it's kind of how you think as well so i think we started to start kind of realizing that we're just kind of giving them our personality and let them playing with our. I mean, I've joked about this. I think I've joked about this before us. on a podcast a long time ago. But it's not just us. It's like you share your um, devices with your loved ones, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've logged in to my laptop at work before and been bombarded with adverts for bikinis. Yeah, because because Haley has been yeah, shopping yeah, yeah. bikinis at home, and therefore I then know oh she's spending money because she's shopping. Uh, <laughs> and she might not want me to know that but like you know that's that's kind of a slightly silly example but at the same time around Christmas she might have been on websites looking for presents for me that she might not want me to know but you exactly. just kind of click away and not think but about it and all know. of a sudden you, your family and loved ones know what you're looking at and maybe history. you know there What's are there internet, are some... the history on an internet but you've got to delete that stuff be clever delete it <laughs> um, I do quite like this idea though that maybe we loan our data to a site so we still want yes. access to a site but then we can opt back out and we have the, we the, the, the power to choose yeah. i think that's a nice way of approaching it because i don't want to be in a situation where i'm like oh it's all right drag now kind of getting access to these sites i don't want extra friction yeah. and we've talked recently about how friction is bad yeah um we don't want to get burned no um <laughs> But the idea that we can opt out and say, you know what, I've, I've, I've accessed your website, but now I'd like to retract my data. You've had it for a little bit whilst I used your service, but that doesn't mean that you get carte blanche to have it forever ad nauseum. Um, I'm not sure what you want me to comment on that. Because uh, if you think about it, our company's going to be happy with that kind of signing to that agreement. Not why not? Why, why, why is that so odd? Like most, most things we... What are we they going to do with your data for two hours? Go and use their website for two hours. What are they going to do with they your data for two hours? They still know that they've had a user visit. They don't need to know all of those extra All of those things, yeah, I guess. I think, I think these guys' main objective is to kind of give you ownership again. I, I went on their website, by the way. Really cool website, guys, um, if, if you're listening. They have a really cool website. Um, I went on their website, and that's the, they just want to kind of give you ownership over your data again. So I think as opposed to your, you use my website, I think what they're talking about is erase all my personal information. Or yeah, you can use my personal information. That's what they're talking about. Am I right? It's more personal information. Yeah. No, I, th I think it's an interesting approach. Uh, before we go to our advert break and we have a little bit more coffee as we're sat here in a, in a coffee shop, given that all the meeting rooms were busy. Uh, woes us for not having a studio. Um, Israel, highest startups per capita in the world. Well done, Israel. Mm. I I knew that there was a burgeoning tech scene there. I didn't know it was quite that well developed. And interesting that they mentioned the, the military. Not interesting at all. Of course they were going to mention the military. Well, no, but the fact that that gives them a particular <laughs> discipline and structure, etc., that they can then apply to business. Yeah, no, definitely. That I is think interesting. It, 
Well, we've been applying military stuff to businesses for decades and decades. That's where all our strategy comes from, David. Not necessarily here. I guess, but yeah, I, when he when he said the army, I knew it was that that all of their um their men, even even their women as well, they all kind of go to the army when they've just finished school. I just thought it was an interesting dynamic. Just letting you know, my heart's pounding really quickly because I did, you didn't know that. <laughs> no, I did. I did know that there was military service in Israel. I wouldn't have necessarily made the link to, oh, that's an element that's key as they see it in the start. To the start up, okay. I get you, but I, I do have, understand. If we it. have a look across the two, but yeah, I understand it. But if we have a look across the 270 episodes of Tech Talks, not many of the founders have come from a background. military background. Exactly. Yeah, okay. There you go. See, there was a, there was a rounded point there. Well done, David. <laughs> right, we will go to the advert break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about Jeff Bezos. Once a month, Tech Talks opens The Tuck Shop, a YouTube tech news roundup, which is kindly carried by Disruptive Live. Disruptive Live is the UK's first and only 24-7 TV channel for the technology industry. Stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the Disruptive Live website and social media channels. You can also catch Disruptive Live at some of the largest global technology events, broadcasting from London, Manchester, Singapore, Dubai, and many more. Welcome back to Tech Talks. A little bit of technology news before we round off the show. I'm sure this hasn't passed people by. The Jeff Bezos hack scandal. I mean, it's almost film thriller-esque plot, isn't it, really? Right. What did you think about this? Um, okay, so you said it almost did pass me by because I didn't see this anyway. You, <laughs> you, it's big news. You sent me the you sent me the article. We're like, Alyssa, read this. I read it and I was like, Shakara, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, I thought. I mean, if there's anyone you're gonna want to hack, it's probably gonna be his cell phone, right? Look, there, there are some fairly serious consequences here, and there there are being uh, questions asked about uh, the murder of a journalist. Um, there's obviously the, uh, the details that got leaked about Jeff Bezos by the National Enquirer, all that seemed to um, date after this supposed hack that happened of his mobile in 2018 after he received a WhatsApp message. Um, I couldn't help but giggle at the idea, though, that it's a bit like, you know, when you get those emails, like, I am a prince from Africa. <laughs> exactly and I, you know, it's like, exactly I am a crown prince from Saudi Arabia. I need £200 <laughs> to feed my family, please. Like, I don't understand, like... The richest man in the world. Surely he... Is not... I get that he, he's obviously met the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, etc. But there's, there's still an element of naivety here somehow, I feel. They did say it wasn't him. Hey, it wasn't actually. No, it was. It was. It was one of his accounts. So I mean, then it's real. I would probably also believe it. That's a pretty big deal if you're getting a WhatsApp from that guy. I just like. I just. I don't know. Something. Something. Something about this suggests to me that there's an element of naivety. Click on the link. Like, you know, maybe you'd send. Maybe you'd send like a message back, going like, "Hey, dude." I don't know whether you call the, the, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia dude, but you'd be like, hey, this this does. link looks a bit weird. What is it? Because I've received links from friends before and been like, hey, what's I'm not going to click it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think that's unreasonable to say that. Especially not the guy who's behind Amazon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, it, are we saying it's his own fault? Is that what you're telling me? No. 
I mean, it's a very complex story that we're kind of laughing at, mm. but um, and we shouldn't because there are some no, quite shocking back. aspects of it. You know, it, but it almost feels like House of Cards esque, um, and it's also got the the slight question marks then for uh, the White House because Trump and his son-in-law Jared Kushner have maintained close ties with the Crown Prince despite U.S. intelligence findings yeah. saying, "Hey, don't." Um, I think if anyone is going to click on a link. I think Trump would really do it. I really do. I think the White House is in danger. Oh, I, yeah. I we mean, Trump would know. be very, very easy to hack. Yeah. Right? You just have to kind of like something slightly Trump baiting, and he probably mm. kind of his little fat stubby fingers on. You know what? What I also got from this story is I feel like they could be bribing him as well. Imagine what they found on his phone. Bribing Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Amazon, the biggest company in the world, very difficult to blackmail. I They've know, got but so imagine what he, imagine imagine what he's exactly. So imagine if they found something really hectic he's, he's got, and underground. He's got so much money that he could just go all the world's best legal firms point and target you. I mean, we're talking about extreme wealth on both sides here. But maybe we can't I can't really. comprehend. Um, I mean, I quite like there's there's some interesting lines in this. Bezos's head of security, Gavin De Becker. I'm going to guess he might be South African. Or at least South African heritage. De Becker. Could be Dutch. Well, yes, but... The South African Yeah. Uh, Rose in the Daily. Look, I was trying to give a bit of a big I... up to your country. There. Wrote in the Daily Beast last March that he had provided details of this investigation to law enforcement officials, but did not publicly reveal any information on how the Saudis accessed the phone. He also described the close relationship with the Crown Prince that he developed with David Pecker, the chief ex, um, ex, executive at the company that owned the Inquirer. So there's, there was certainly some knowledge that stuff was a bit fishy here. I, it, it just sounds fishy. And that's just me as an outsider who doesn't really understand much about that stuff. And if it sounds fishy to me, like, come on. Someone must have... I don't know. I don't know. If you get a note, Someone claiming to be a prince asking it. for lots of money and it'll be very beneficial. Click it. Do not click it. Don't click uh, it, don't send money. Just delete. Hey, but look, if Jeff Be- if Jeff Bezos can fall foul of a phishing hack, which effectively this is, anyone can, and everyone should be diligent. And on that note Goodbye, campus. No, if <laughs> I don't know, we've, we've been ending these tech talks on really sad notes lately. Okay, tell me something cheerful. Um, oh, I heard a really funny joke today. Could I tell a joke? Go on. What did the cheese say to himself in the mirror? Cheese? No. <laughs> hello me. Like, uh, hello me. Brilliant. I heard that from my boss this morning. And with that, have a lovely weekend.